I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okami. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast. And each week, we give a comedic take on all forms of entertainment, such as movies, music, video games, television, and much more. So put your shades on and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Shades on! We're on! Welcome to Bed Knobs and Broom Flicks, the podcast that talks about witches, man witches, warlocks, sorcerers, and other magic practitioners in movies, television, comic books, books, and just about everything. We also talk about heroic and just plain awesome animals as our fair familiars and witches in history. Sorry, this show will include spoilers. You've been warned. My name is Jane and I am disgruntled. <laughs> 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 gotten to the tired level of barking <laughs> it's not that i'm gonna balk like a chicken <laughs> my name you just is moo like linda. a cow and me more realistic to what we're covering <laughs> <laughs> my name's linda but you can call me milky white <laughs> <laughs> and today we are going to continue on with Into the Woods, the Meryl Streep version with less Streep than appreciated, mm. um, directed by Rob Marshall, James Lappin, and obviously music and um, original score produced by uh, Stephen Sondheim. Love. <laughs> if you and, love um, so much, why don't you marry <laughs> I, well, I, I can't because, you know, there's a lot of things that he and I would ha not have in common. <laughs> like Some things we do that make it so that definitely not in common. The fact that he lived through uh, um, the uh, Great Depression, maybe. <laughs> also, his uh, chosen preference for partners. Uh, well, yeah. no, I mean, but what's a little penis between lovers? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go back to barking now. <laughs> yes, you should. I was going to say, well, technically we could go in opposite directions and just kind of meet as each other's beards, but you know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure Jane's husband. Couldn't mind. <laughs> I was going to say, if you haven't guessed by now, as we get back into this, if you haven't guessed by now, I, uh, I did not care for this. <laughs> and I was kind of, I, th I think, I hope I maybe alluded to my feelings towards the movie version with Meryl Streep in it um, when we were covering the stage production. And I saw this in theaters when it came out because my mom and I are huge uh, musical theater nerds. We see a lot of stuff together. Nerds! And <laughs> <laughs> musical theater nerds! <laughs> and I'd seen... Into the Woods, obviously, the stage airing. And I was like, oh, they're making a live-action one. It has Meryl Streep. This will be awesome. I took my mom to it. And I think afterwards I spent half the time telling my mom what they cut out and how it upset me. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my first experience. And rewatching it, it kind of brought back all those feelings. 
Um, I feel like had I seen this, and we talked about this last time too, I know, um, had I seen this before seeing the staged version, um, I think I would have been like, well, that was kind of cool. That was entertaining. And I mean, it does have amazing acting in there. Like, I mean, that cast, Jesus Christ. Um, oh no, like that's talent. that's the thing, is like I love a lot of the cast. I mean, mm-hmm. Meryl Streep obviously is great. Uh Chris oh, Pine yeah. makes a great uh Cinderella's Prince. I love Oh man, uh, he can sing. Oh yeah. And Emily Blunt too. I was a little surprised by her. Um she did a great job. Well, although I shouldn't be, like she's been in other musicals, but um, but she like I I, th- I feel like there's one thing to be able to act. Another thing to be able to um, act and sing and, you know, perform. And then a whole other thing to be, um, to to do comedy and to do comedy singing on top of that. You know, it's like, it's insane. And she just does a great job with it. Yeah, it's, and I, and I was also going to say, um, I thought Anna Kendrick made a really great Cinderella. Yeah. And I loved uh, Lila Crawford, Lowered Riding Hood. Like, that was fine. Yeah. They got great actors and actresses in a lot of cases, not in all of them. I'm not going to say anything out loud yet. Mm. Um. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny because when I was, I was watching the movie, I was thinking, I think it was like the second time around. I was thinking she sounds like she would make a great Annie. I bet she's played Annie before and shown up. I looked into it and I was like, played Annie. Okay. Yeah. All right. (laughs) I mean, I I thought that she like Lila Crawford's Lower Reinhardt was just absolutely lovely. I loved her shoving her face with food while singing. That was just cute. And, she she definitely captured the more younger version of how I imagine Little Red Riding Hood in Into the Woods. I thought it was great, and I enjoyed her. I think she's immensely talented, and I love her voice. But at the same time, I really wish that they would have gone like with a chubbier um, actress. Because I mean, yeah, well, I don't think she's a waif though in this. Like she didn't no. look waifish. That was the one thing that I've always seen a lot of like school productions is they mm. they've picked like the skinniest girl to play this girl who's supposed to love sense. to eat. Yeah, but, it's yeah. I mean, luckily she's not she's not you know a little pixie. But I mean, at the same time, like I want I want like the 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 woman who did it uh, in the the filmed uh, stage production, production. Yeah. She was like with uh, Bernadette Peters. She was fantastic, and I know she was like what in her young twenties, but yeah, still like just seeing somebody. Not only do I want to see somebody who's bigger, you know, not only for representation, but also because like I feel like they. they I mean, with the whole wolf song. I mean, I know it's Thank all you. like yes song but at the same time he like he's also singing about like what a great meal she's gonna be and like you know like that, and, come on man like that was that was the first thing oh yeah sorry go ahead no no that's all i'm saying just give her some meat man no i i yeah i the i was gonna say the wolf song because i thought that johnny depp just just fine as the big bad wolf as well like very creepy but when you and it's the same it, it's kind of the issue you have when you take the fact that they're 
children or young children mm-hmm. a bit too literally because in the stage productions it's um you've got Laura Reinhood who's clearly a woman in her 20s mm-hmm. you could try the barely legal idea of you know that's how much of a predator the wolf is but this just made it I I was getting really uncomfortable watching that. Right. And like, <laughs> I was like, please run, little girl. Please like, run. At first, like, he started singing, and I was like, oh, Johnny Depp singing is making me tingle in my pants. But then- oh, no, I just got uncomfortable because I was, like, looking at her, and I'm, like, I looked at her age, and she was, like, about, it looked like she was about 13 when she yeah. filmed this. I'm like, please stop. Yeah, please stop. Everything, every part of me is really uncomfortable right now. But then, yeah, when he starts getting into his, like, his, like, song and, like, starts it's piling on the creepiness i'm just like oh no no well, and that's stop. the thing the, the <laughs> like, song is ew. definitely written in a sense that it is the wolf singing to what i would call the barely legal little yeah. red riding hood not the literal super illegal yeah. <laughs> little red yeah. riding hood you know it's supposed to be a sexually charged song um it's i mean we already talked about wolf dong in the last yeah. one it's because yeah, little say. riding hood is supposed to be <laughs> older it's supposed to be yeah. a story of um strangers and the actual story it's supposed to be about the trust of strangers and dangerous predators and stuff and it's stranger like, danger oh yeah <laughs> and it's you know and i i see this also with the casting of jack also the young boy did just fine daniel mm-hmm. um huddlestone but you then take away the um as i mentioned in the stage production the uh uh failure to launch man child <laughs> <laughs> And then it just looks like he has a very abusive mother versus a right? mother who's just sort of like, my son will not move out and I'm having to feed them and yes. he just will not get out of this cow fetish yes, versus like, like, no, he's just trying to, he's forced to sell like his like only like nearby like companion. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh. His pet, his friend. Yeah. And they it's like, sell your cat. Too. It's like, no. <laughs> like I, I was like. I was pretty upset about that because they they lost a lot of the humor. Mm-hmm. And um, I know some of the stuff like it's it's specifically for the stage, like um, like when he gets up and just picks <laughs> Milky White up by handle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or even just the um, the sacrifice of the narrator. Yeah, obviously, like there's a lot of things for the stage. It's but I, I was going to say going on the child like- tangent, it's. It's like I said, it's the issue where they sometimes take the idea this person's supposed to be a child a bit too literally. And they've done this with other musicals. They did in Sweeney Todd with uh, the character of Toby. In the stage production, he's played by um, a simple-minded, you know, young male. Um, In the movie version, they actually cast a child and it changes the meaning of this one song, um, Nothing's Um, Going to Harm You, uh, Not While I'm Around. It's a really pretty song. And in the movie version, it sounds like he's singing this as a protective child to a mother. In the stage version, it's like he's singing it to Mrs. Lovett um, in a very protective, I can be a better man for you instead of Mr. Todd. And when the child says that in a way that refers to Mr. Todd, it doesn't make as much sense because, you know, usually a child doesn't entirely attack an older adult male, (laughs) usually. So it's, that's one of the things, and same with this, is it's when you cast this younger cast for the children roles, sometimes those songs that they're singing kind of, some parts of it get lost in translation as to know that parts of it just doesn't work as well when you do that. So 
that that's my I mean I have a lot of issues with how they did this <laughs> for a lot of different reasons and we can go on so it's I, I mean one of my other issues I should say I mean I hate to pile on this but it's one stage version I love is not enough Meryl Streep as witch they really yes tone down that role more than they yes, should have they like I feel like they just took away a lot of the power and behind her character and I mean they just kind of essentially castrated her and just I mean just and even like not just her power the humor of her yes I mean she is like I mean you know as we said like um uh, Joanna Gleason definitely had the comedic timing of the stage production, but mm. a lot of the humor is definitely written for the witch to be, yes, you know, a comedy powerhouse as well. And it's just they they cut out so much. <laughs> it's like, well, I also feel like I don't know. It's like even the the part where Emily Blunt as the the baker's wife says, um, like sings. Uh, wait, am I in the wrong story? Like, even that kind of somehow falls flat. Yeah. Because it's like, and it it's through no fault of hers. It's just like, I don't know. It, it, it It's just not as funny. I feel like everything is, um, sorry, and I know this is her, her last name, but they just kind of blunt the humor for everything and the power behind a lot of the, the storyline. And I, like, I fucking love uh, the the part where um, Rapunzel ends up like she runs away from her, you know, uh, quote unquote mother, whatever, you know, the witch. Yeah. And um, she ends up being stomped by the uh, by the, the giant. giant. And um, and then, you know, the witch is just fucking distraught she's just done and um and then she sings the you know that that song toward the children end. won't listen yeah she has yes. the, she has the two versions of it. the children won't listen and then the updated after when uh the baker singing to his son yeah. and that and she's singing careful what you say children will listen and and it's there's just so much power behind that song at at that moment because you know what you know, everything she's been through. But in this, it's just like fucking Rapunzel just like just rides off, literally rides off with the the other prince. Yeah, there's um, no there's no lo- there's no loss. She doesn't get killed. And it gives the song a lot more of a powerful meaning when she dies because yeah. she is mourning the fact that her daughter didn't listen and ended up getting killed. This one is just more her saying like well, she's not listening to me, and she ran away. It's like, well, no shit, lady. You kept her in a goddamn tower. Yeah. <laughs> For, cursed and, her lover, you know, to be blinded. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, put her it's in like, this... She shouldn't listen in this case. Right? And in this version, she puts her in a swamp surrounded by um, snakes? And... Yeah, it's just... It's just a swamp. I mean, she's not pregnant either. So I, yeah. I, I was going to, I wanted to go back real quick to that line of I'm in the wrong story. It's like they added a line that was technically meant to break the fourth wall. Similar to breaking the fourth wall with the narrator mm-hmm. is that line is very much delivered to the audience. Like Lord Riding Hood in yeah. this version sings to the baker about what she's learned. But of course, in the musical version, he, she sings it to the audience, you know, explaining what she has learned. So it's, you know, and it's I, again, it's, it's there's some things like 
if you're going to do a movie of it and you're not going to break that fourth wall multiple times, there's certain things you should just remove. And that line is very much a breaking of the fourth wall. Yeah, you know, I think you just hit the nail on the head. That's why it falls flat, because it's not like an inside joke thing. Like, uh, it's not breaking the fourth wall. It's not like. It's not like she's acknowledging that these are multiple (laughs) different fairy tales being told. Yeah. (laughs) And that she wandered into Cinderella's story for no reason. (laughs) Acknowledging there's a Cinderella story. Yeah. And it, it, I feel like a lot of it falls flat because of stuff like that. And like, I, I don't know the, the biggest part for me though, was uh, not letting Rapunzel die. I mean, even if, if they could just have her, uh, like in the the stage production, have her die off stage or off screen in this case. And there, that's it. It's still a Disney friendly movie, but it, it adds more power to the song and more emotion and more oomph. And like, I, I feel like they don't, they don't give you enough to really care about any of the characters in this one. And like the stage version, it, like, even though she starts off, you know, evil, she wants to give them uh, Jack or give the, the giant Jack. And, and you know, um, she's more pragmatic and selfish. Um, but then when you see her with Rapunzel and you see what she loses, it's like, oh, God, that's awful. Yeah, no, this is a person who actually loves her adopted daughter. Yeah. With all of her heart. It's it's both a control. I mean, she definitely has a control possessiveness, mm-hmm. but she does clearly love her, you know, yeah. and wants to keep her safe in that really controlling parent way, which bad, not good, but yeah, still, it's like it, this one, it's, it's sort of like, like, just, no, I'm go sorry, ahead, go sorry. Ahead. Oh, no, you go. It's okay. Well, I, I, I just you. feel like in this one, without her dying, it's just, she, you can't even say she runs away from her. It's like she escapes and it yeah. still leaves uh, the witch as the evil character and you don't have any reason to feel anything for her. And you're like, Oh, cool. Good for Rapunzel. She got away. And it's, it's more about the witch being her captor and not, um, it doesn't, it doesn't give you that emotional, uh, punch of her actually loving her. Well, and it also makes the line um, in um, the Mother Isn't Here Now song, yeah. you know, where they talk about how uh, witches can be right and giants can be good. It's like, well, no, so far you've shown me that neither of those. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and uh, by the way, the giant played by the giant from uh, from Harry Potter Oh, Francis de la Tour. Tour. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, and I mean, not much. I mean, to be fair, the, the stage giant is just a voice as well. So, but it was nice yeah. to put a face <laughs> to it. Yeah, I still, I, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, no, that was actually a pretty cool feature. Um, One thing I, uh, one cast of characters I did like um, in this, if we're going to talk about things that I do like, is I did like uh, Christine Berensky as Cinderella's stepmother. I just love her in general. Exactly. She's yeah. I, I think it's <laughs> Look, let's talk about how great she was in the Adams Family Values right? and how amazing that role was. And she was great as Catherine in the Birdcage. Yes, and, I was going to yeah. say. Oh God, yes. Um, yes, yeah. I I love her, and I just oh, and just, Bowfinger. Oh my God. <laughs> 
Yeah, she pulled off her part was played perfectly. They didn't anything that they added or removed was just just fine. That was she did it lovely, mm-hmm. cutting off her daughter's feet and toes and everything. It's like, the way she did it. She was like just saying those like Shh. I was like, <laughs> "Okay, I'm back in for this." <laughs> well, she does she does like evil very well. Deliciously mm-hmm. evil. Um she just knows how to do it. Um, yeah it's yeah even like like, oh yeah especially like even the evil as the camp counselor in adam's family values like it's like the cheerful like chipper evil (laughs) we're gonna watch disney movies (laughs) that's one thing i like about the movie um because like you get to see a lot of the the nuance and um and like with her uh once uh the uh cinderella's prince charming realizes that she's cinderella um and he literally carries her off to marry her and um (laughs) the stepmother christine baranski she's like she's um whispering kind of stage whispering to her daughters like kneel or bow bow <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> She's like, down, 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 down. Yeah. We still have a place in this family. <laughs> Get bow. Exactly. It's time to kiss ass because like, we got lots to cover. <laughs> and speaking of the princes, they did both of them did a fine job with agony. That was they just. I loved it because it was like they were. It was it caught the the same feeling as the stage version where they're they're competing with one another and like oh yeah and who has the worst uh, luck yes. with which woman and and, I love and then the, the chest scene where Chris Pine like pulls open his chest or his uh, shirt shirt no, his yeah chest. oh god and an alien story. pops out <laughs> like, oh. and there's a completely different story. <laughs> It's like I'm paying attention, movie. <laughs> you got me. Um, I know he pulls open a shirt, and then uh, and then uh, Rapunzel's prince is like, oh, 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 and he's like trying to open his shirt and like trying to match him. And oh, I really enjoyed like the water uh, in in the scene and kind of like how they interacted with the their environment and. Um, I, I really loved that scene, although I do miss the, um, the second s- the reprise. Yeah. Yes. Where I, that was one of the things that I complained after I saw it the first time, that was one thing I complained to my mom about the most, like they have this song where basically they are absolutely horrible human men yes! and they're cheating on their wives. And one of them where Punzel dies and he's cheating on her on Cinderella. And then they end up with like Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. And it's really funny. Yes! And they sing another song about it. It's great. I would love to have seen uh, Chris Pine and Billy uh, Magnuson actually sing that. One. And also then it would lead into the whole Rapunzel dying and blah, 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 which actually having a point. But yeah. no, it's 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 like the first half was almost a perfect uh, like they did change some wording and stuff to like, I don't know, like soften it a bit. Um, but it would have like the first part was <laughs> they, they captured the first act um, yeah. pretty well. It was like that. Then they kind of forgot there was a second act and just yeah. kind of wrapped it up. I mean, like I feel like the first act is it's what fucking Disney's all about. It's just like here's your happy ending, yay! Uh, da, 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 da. Everybody lives happily ever after. 
But then, like, the second part is where it gets dark and it becomes... I feel like it crosses more with reality of yeah. a lot of the situations. And um, and that's when you find out, like, yeah, uh, these princes are kind of dickbags. And, <laughs> and nobody's getting a happily ever after. And, um, and, you know, people are dying left and right. And uh, it's really just 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 that like um be careful what you wish for and it's it's dark it's emotional and it's not it's like the first half is just like the bright sunny musical disney version and the second half is more like um life isn't happily ever after yeah it's it's the best it's the simplest way (laughs) subverting it yeah it's I, i remember um after I saw this movie the first time, I remember going online to see if there was any other like um, Into the Woods fans who had seen this. And one of the things they mentioned was obviously the tone down of the witch. But mm-hmm. um, somebody made an interesting theory regarding the Rapunzel character. And I guess this movie came out around the same time Tangled came out. And they felt uh. like they were trying not to hurt the good name of Tangled. Like not in the sense that they would hurt the movie, but, mm-hmm. in, the, but in the sense of... You know, it's it just seemed really wrong to then take a different Rapunzel character in this complete mm. opposite direction. Yeah, and so. um, kill her off, I guess. Yeah, well, it's, it's, that's a good point. I was gonna say she doesn't really have much of an arc, except you know she for doesn't. pointing out. This ever pointing out that you know her mother in quotes obviously basically ruined her life by making it so she has no idea how people work. Yeah, now she's just this sheltered strange <laughs> who just wails a lot. Yeah. but instead, no, she just rides off with her prince. You never see them again. It's like, emotionally screwed up. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I um. Yeah, because really they just have a, an argument and she uh, she gets free essentially, and it's just like mm, no. But yeah. I I was very disappointed with the um the lack of the the reprise of agony and uh, dwarves are very upsetting and <laughs> like <laughs> like why don't we get to hear about that? <laughs> and i just feel like they took out a lot of the laughs and um like i don't know they they took out some of the best stuff and um although i did okay when you think of it being really um pedo bear like um it it does kind of change well that brings back memories of it's like i haven't heard that name in a while It does kind of change the uh, Johnny Depp's wolf, but I really, really liked when he uh, just kind of uh, swiftly opens his coat to show, like, yeah, the like, candies, <laughs> like a drug dealer with like a jacket full. You want to buy candies. a watch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like candies, but it just makes him more pedo when you like look back on it. Well, just again, how how young the actress was and how young they made her character. Again, if it yeah. was um, the more, um, you know, 18, yeah. 19th, yeah, it was, it had been like, okay, creepy, but at least she's not 13. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's like, uh, uh. With this one, he's like, oh, I'm a 
her and then I'm gonna fuck her grandma. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> a weird Buffalo Bill thing going on here. That's kind of what I picture him as. Goodbye, Wolfie. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what a size eight. <laughs> Size two, thank that you cloak much. make you look like twelve. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and I mean, it, as it turns out, I mean, she's the one making the wolf suit. So I mean, <laughs> that's a little changed, a little switch. But uh, she's not turning into a suit. Um, <laughs> but I, I liked that part. Although, um, another thing, and it's. It, it it's it's i mean that this they had the same exact fucking problem with the stage version and i know it's a little well no it's not nitpicky i feel like they should have had more diversity what the fuck yeah i'm looking at the cast of characters i'm like oh yeah everybody's like skinny and white <laughs> well except for james <laughs> corden but i mean well, like yeah, I was looking, going like, and you don't really get to see the baker's father played by Simon Russell. I mean, he just kind of yeah, because he, in the obviously in the stage production, he plays both the father and the narrator. Mm-hmm. And again, you make James Corden the narrator, which at this point just remove the narrator. It just doesn't yeah. <laughs> doesn't add a thing. It just makes it worse. At first, I was thinking like, okay, at the end when um she says like tell him. She's telling uh, the baker's wife is telling the baker well the ghost of or the vision of her or whatever is telling him um, to just tell their son the story. And I was thinking, oh, well, that's really cute because the whole thing's been him telling his child the story. But then I started thinking, wait, OK, first of all, then if he's the one telling the story, how does he know anything about Rapunzel? And like, shouldn't he be like. Wait, that was my fucking sister. Um, like, you know, and like he never met her. Um, but also, uh, why is he including the part to his child about how his mom probably fucked the prince? I mean, it's well, in this Disney, case, it almost so... seems like they just kissed. Like versus yeah. like when the stage production, they're literally rolling on the stage. So, yeah. although in this one, yeah, it's like. They made out hardcore. But, <laughs> there was a tongue at one yeah. point. He might have felt a boob. But oh. <laughs> oh, see, speaking of things that they added that made no sense. So the opening song, um, when the witch comes in and is uh, yes. giving them their directions. Oh, you know where I'm going with this. Thank you. Yes. Caught it too. Where she... Um, you know, she's explained that they stole the magic beans. And then she actually explains that by stealing the beans, she turns old and everything else. And then she mm-hmm. goes, but that's another story. Never mind. I was like, no, you literally just told the story. Yeah. The point of the stage is that you actually don't know that she's supposed to be attractive. But she literally says, like, I was attractive at one point. It's like, no, at the beginning of the first act of the story you just assume which looks like which it's like oh no then you kind of piece together in the second act going like when she stole the beans that's what happened that's how she became hideous it's like no she just spells out she's like well that's another story it's like no no it's not no. you literally just told the story it's not another story i'm willing to bet that they put that line in there because they were going to see if this did well enough they were going to give her a movie really i bet that just, I mean, doesn't that, that sound Disney? 
I mean, like, cause yes, see, and I hate the idea that it does right now. I'm just like, why? <laughs> because, like, they even showed the, like, they had no reason to, but they showed her being um, beautiful and young, whatever. And yeah, through the brambles when he's watching the baker's father climbing over the posts yeah. like she has and then the lightning strikes it's like you could have just shown the lightning strike which again you didn't have to literally tell us how it happened yeah, exactly. and then again then don't throw in the line that's another story again <laughs> the story yeah. was just told to me exactly it's like, <laughs> it's like let me read you the first chapter of my biography but that's <laughs> another story um you know, like, no no that is this story um but but I'm really willing to bet that they were they were because it's fucking Disney. And so I'm really willing to bet money that they were going to wait, see how this did. And if it did well enough, they were going to give her her own story. And like the the play, you know, there's there's nothing about like her mom and um I don't know, like crossing her mom and, you know, uh, oh, there well, are the, the beans play- for you. Well, there, there's one line in the play where she, where um, the witch character on the stage version does yell out, all right, mother, um, when lost the beans again, uh, punish me the way you did then. So, But she doesn't explain it in the opening act song. She explains it at the end of Last Midnight, yeah. where she's literally yelling to the sky and she's throwing all the beans all over again. That's the only time you even hear that, you know, that was where the whole thing kind of, st- where you get the whole picture of it. But yeah, no, yeah. she doesn't sit there and say, like, my mother literally told me all about what would happen if I lost the beans. I'd exactly. be cursed. It's like, like I yeah, you're breaking the flow here. <laughs> yeah, because I was saying, like, uh, no, she didn't. Shut up. Stop that. Like, we don't need that exposition. <laughs> See, I, I always think that people, that a lot of, not maybe not a lot of people, but there's, I see this in a lot of, um, movies like sometimes foreign films like films that come out of like japan and korea is they don't spell out everything yeah and in the u.s a lot of movies almost want to drive home that no we're going to make sure that you understand everything that's going on in each of these characters lives like you know nuance is okay yes sometimes exactly. filling in the blanks on my own is okay <laughs> exactly and like- you know like i'm tr- I'm trying to imagine how like the U.S. would remake Battle Royale, and they kind of oh leave God. out a lot of the social commentary and nuance. And be like, it's about kids <laughs> killing kids. It's like, no, you're missing the point. It's like, no way, we'll explain that. The government is like, no, you don't need to explain all these background characters. It's the nuance within the story. And, and the same would make thing, it a happy story in a musical, <laughs> cartoon with Jason Alexander. <laughs> Yeah, but and that's the thing is, I think that that's what they were going with. They were like, look, yeah. they're not going to understand this with all the singing. We just have to spell it out for them or else everybody's going to be questioning what the heck happened. It's like, no, no, some people can, a lot of people I think can pick up on this. Like they think the audience is too dumb. I feel like yeah. that's what happens sometimes. And it's like, no, like let there be some questions. Let there be, don't M. Night Shyamalan everything. Yeah. Like that's, that's going in an absolutely opposite direction of not even nuance, just... 
Well, that's one thing I loved about uh, about Deadwood and Rome is. Uh, oh, I loved Rome. Rome oh is my so God, good. So good. <laughs> <laughs> but the creator and writer, he he was told to dumb it down because they were saying. Uh, American audiences aren't going to get this and they're, they're not going to understand what's going on. You have to dumb down the script. And he was like, um, he just kept refusing to, and he was saying, no, they'll get it. Trust me, they'll get it. And they're going to keep watching cause they get it. And he just stuck to his guns. And I really appreciate that. Cause you end up getting this, these amazing shows but and uh, yeah, I think I, you can see that also in some of the other TV shows that have been written. Um, I think that The Wire does that really well. And, yeah. um, you know, speak of things that, you know, it's like, no, there's there's greater commentary here than just gain violence. And it's actually really well done. <laughs> so but it's like, yeah, it's like people some people do get it some directors and creators do get it. it's like no we're not dumb we can pick up on nuance or sometimes like we have to go back and rewatch it to repick up on nuance but we can pick up on things and ideas and concepts and hidden meanings and yeah there's just like this desire to just dumb it down it's like no stop it <laughs> the shows that i enjoy and i think the shows that actually do gain a lot of popularity are the ones where you sit there thinking and pondering about it like not you know, it doesn't need to be like an existential, um, you know, thought provoking thing. But, you know, we can use our brains just a little bit. Not yeah. everything's reality television. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I sometimes I just want to watch something dumb. I don't want to think. I just want to just like totally um, zone out and uh, like in the barking stage that I'm in right now. <laughs> like, well, yes, that's when I turn on Sharktopus and I yes, just tune exactly. out. <laughs> there is no thought there. There is just... I, I just put need on this the Jersey the Shore. <laughs> I haven't gone that far. I said, you know, something to check my brain out, not cause brain damage. Hey Don't knock until you try it. <laughs> or Sister Wives or something like that. I want something where I don't have to fucking think. I don't have to think at all. I could just like drool in front of the TV or, you know, like while working on or solving my puzzles or playing my my favorite mobile game, you know, just something I don't have to think about. But then, you know, there's most of the time I want to watch something that doesn't assume that I'm a complete fucking idiot and I need everything spoon fed to me. So, you know, it's it's I mean, there's a place for the stupid stuff, but um, I really appreciate when when things like this don't dumb it down. Well, it kind of reminds me of um, like there's a limit to how much a book needs to recap like a previous yeah. book, like in a, se a series. And there's a amount where it's OK, where it's just kind of like, oh, yes, I remember that this character's married to this character. But sometimes it goes too far. And sometimes they do this in TV shows and movies where it's just like, OK, now remember, this is so and so's mother. Oh, so when you yeah. see them together, you know wink yeah, <laughs> it's like no that's not nuance like, that's that's just you literally saying <laughs> that yeah they have those like recaps where you're like oh so that character is gonna be in today okay you know where it just kind of <laughs> spoils things for you and you're like 
God damn yes, it. folks, right. it's going to be a Meg episode. Here's the remote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty <Sorry>. much. <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I know what you're talking about. And uh, I feel like Disney kind of falls into that trap a lot. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, their target audience are. Well, I was going to say their target audiences are kids. But I mean, you can't really say that anymore. Well, I don't think you can say that for this movie. I no. mean, it's technically it's PG, but I mean, if we maybe followed the actual full stage production of it, it's not a it's not a full kids movie. Mm-mm. You know, it's I mean, it's not it's not like saying that like it's compared to like Pan's Labyrinth, where I had to explain to my kid <laughs> earlier. It's going like, no, there's a reason why you're not going to see that yet, honey. <laughs> It sounds like a kid's movie because it has a little girl in it. Mm. Or Jojo Rabbit was another one. He was like, but it has a kid in it. I was like, yeah, not a kid's movie, sweetheart. (laughs) I understand what you're thinking, but it's not. (laughs) Yes, Theon Greyjoy. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, I hear you. But yeah, I, I think that's the thing. I don't think they really knew what to do with it. Um, yeah, that being Which said, is sad, they had some great they had some great um, actors and actresses oh in God, here. And yeah. usually I'm not a big fan of just hurling a bunch of, you know, names and just saying, like, here's a musical. I do like it more when they come with people that I don't know about. Yes. But at the same time, yeah. it's like they didn't choose a bad cast for the most part. So it's but at the same time, it's like they then just butchered a lot and again and you said lost the comedy there's so much comedy that they just they cut out the part that made sense that could have been kept in a movie and then they left in stuff that only makes sense when you're in the stage production and then they just cut out stuff completely that would have worked either way and it's like guys guys and it was um and that's kind of the confusing part about it um that i know that the they had the um, they had they worked with Soundheim, and he actually created some new songs um, that they didn't use anyway. But yeah, I was gonna say there were no new songs in there. They they cut mm-hmm. back on songs or they threw yeah. spoken dialogue in between songs that didn't exist. Yeah, but yeah, but um, I I do know that he he wrote a couple new songs for them and they didn't end up including them which i i don't i don't know i mean maybe he's soundheim wasn't so great now that he's gotten older because i mean he is what 91 now which would have made him in his late 80s at this time um Um, i'd have to double check but yeah he would have been but even then it's because we don't know what it is it may have been like oh hey if you're going to remove this because it's so theater oriented Mm -hmm. um how about if you do this and it keeps the original you just don't know so i mean it could have been terrible but you know i mean first instinct i want to say um somebody like soundheim makes you a song you use the fucking song (laughs) you know like i don't know um could just be me i i don't know like i I, for me like if danny elfman made me a song for some movie i'm making i'd be like i'm gonna put every fucking song in there (laughs) even if it makes no fucking sense i'm gonna put every goddamn one in there (laughs) but um 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the guy, the the guy who directed it, Rob Marshall, did a couple different uh, musicals. I haven't seen. Um, what is it? Nine. Uh, neither have I. Um, I've seen Chicago. Chicago was good. Um, Mary Poppins Returns. I know you have a, a, a bias against it, but I I enjoyed it. It wasn't phenomenal, but it was it was charming. Um, he also made Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. <laughs> true. <laughs> I, like, I like I like how you just sort of like okay, we're knocking one here and off here and. I mean, he did the choreography and direction for Cabaret the Musical, actually the stage production, which is great. Mm -hmm. I honestly cannot wait to talk about Cabaret for a very particular reason that I'm not going to reveal, but at some point I'll get to talk about Cabaret. (laughs) 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 Oh, trust me, you'll understand when I do, (laughs) because I will also be gushing over how amazing Cabaret is. (laughs) I do fucking love Cabaret. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he's he has like a, a very varied uh, resume, uh, but a lot of it's musicals and either for stage or like doing choreography or directing. And um, I mean, like I said, I haven't seen nine yet, but I did love Chicago and I know that he's, um, he's working on uh, the little mermaid, the live action. Yes, and I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think that'll be Me very too. interesting to see. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. Um, and frankly, still fucking tired of hearing people bitch about about Ariel being black. Like, like just get the fuck on out of here. It's a mermaid. <laughs> it's a mythical creature. Yeah. That's a, let's move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just get the fuck on out of here. Um, but. But that brings me back to the point of this movie is so goddamn white. Um, like, like, really, you couldn't have one person of color. You couldn't have one Asian person, one, um, you know, uh, even Native American, a Hispanic, nothing. Like, everybody's to, to, just to quote white. To quote Adam's Family Values, <laughs> but it's Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I was just like flashing back to the uh the, the, the things with the, the Indians and the pilgrims and the Oh yeah, no that was that's oh, probably one of my first I I don't like they did a good job on the on making a sequel to the Adams Family movie. They like, really did. It's, most times sequels fall so flat, but that one was perfect, especially when uh Wednesday goes into her speech about you're going to steal our lands and yes. force us. It's like, I'm like, I didn't yes. catch this when I saw this when I was a kid, but damn, I'm going to watch this more often. Yeah. And I remember Pugsley with, eat me. Oh, yeah, the turkey, <laughs> eat me. I love it. Oh, God, we have to we have to find a way to cover that because I it's been so long, but I love it so much. And it's um, called our Patreon special movies. We can't cover on the regular podcast that we just love like ever after. By the way, have you thought about supporting us (laughs) (laughs) when we get it up? (laughs) We're building a Patreon (laughs) and we're going to have some really awesome extras. 
Um, I'm not just saying that because, you know, I'm, I'm full of shit and trying to get you to, to help support us. But I mean, we're actually really excited about some of the stuff. So. Oh yeah. No, we've, we've been plotting and that's the word I'm choosing to use. I, say, I think that's the perfect adjective for our uh, verb for us, like plotting. Well, cause every so often I think we both cackle at some of the ideas we have. <laughs> We're just like, this is going to be amazingly horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, back to the movie, I guess. Um, yes. Well, it, it's so hard to cover this because when you cover the uh, theater version mm-hmm. and you got all of the moving parts, all of the acts, all of the different characters. And um, you've got these different arcs and you're explaining like that. This is like the different life lessons to remember, even though it's told through fairy tales. Mm-hmm. And here it's just, it's just sanitized. It's just so grotesquely sanitized Holy, that it's yeah. kind of hard to say that there's any sort of the lessons to learn from the stage production. It's just, it's a movie. That's, that's it. It's a movie with singing, you know, I mean, even the Little Mermaid had a better life lesson, you know, than yeah. than this did. I feel like, um, I mean, you have this brilliant cast of of um, the of stars of literally stars of stage and screen, and everybody on there is just immensely talented. So I I just feel like they they're so wasted in it um like especially Meryl Streep because you know like we we've said they've blunted the hell out of her character and um you know by the time she's singing that sort of um the song that's kind of like what should be the very apex of her character you know like um oh my god you know like I I there's so much pain I'm finished with this bullshit like you can blame each other keep doing that i don't blame me i don't care yeah i'm out and you know like i'm giving up on everything um it should be so powerful but and they filmed it like it would be but at that point you're like i don't give a shit (laughs) she she held rapunzel against her will and um you know like did all these awful things I don't give a shit about her. (laughs) And so it it just, it totally, you know, like to borrow my own word from earlier, it just neuters the whole thing. And, um, there was the, uh, uh, there were a lot of moments that I loved where it was just the actors just being amazing. Like, uh, with Christine Baranski, like down, down, down (laughs) there's also um chris pine's delivery where um she says oh but uh well he's he's you know trying he's macking on uh baker's wife and she says well you've got a princess and i've got a baker baker (laughs) yeah he says uh, oh, he, he like he turns around and he starts walking off and he goes, of course, how how foolish. And then all of a sudden he turns around as foolish things can happen in the woods. <laughs> That's just amazing. Like, I like, just love Wait, it. I haven't finished macking on this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I loved that. And I felt like that was very, that moment was very true to his, uh, his original character. 
Um, although, you know, they, I feel like they may as well have not even had Rapunzel's prince. Oh um, yeah. No, it's, he has, he serves such a little purpose for saving Rapunzel. Yeah. And speaking of other actor and actress most, um, Anna Kendrick, when she sees the baby, because, you know, unlike in the stage production where, like, months are supposed to have passed and yes! the baker is supposed to be, like, she just immediately just, like, grows a belly out in the middle of the woods. Yeah. And, of course, Anna Kendrick's like, that's that's the perfect break of the fourth wall where she's like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I just see, like, an hour ago? <laughs> yeah. Well, and um, because before that, she says she delivers that uh, Emily Blunt leaves that uh, delivers that awesome line of uh, I, I need, I need your, your shoe to have a to baby. Have a baby. <laughs> Kendrick's like, what the fuck? And then she sees her later. And she says, thank you for your slipper. Um, <laughs> like, uh, like, I can't remember what it was, but she's like, yeah, she's all sorts of pregnant and. Um, yeah, and then she has a baby in front of baby, Anna Kendrick's yeah. character, and she and then has that look of like, huh? It's <laughs> <laughs> like that was a perfect moment. I was like, okay, I appreciate yeah, this a lot. She said, "Thanks for the shoe." <laughs> like, I still don't fucking get it. What is happening? <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I I loved um Emily Blunt's uh, delivery of the 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 deli- the the line and the song. A child for warmth, a baker for bread, and a prince for whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that. And um and the what was it? I, I don't know if this is the the actual name of the song, but the moments in the woods, um, or the many moments, whatever it is, the where she's singing after Oh, okay. Up with the uh prince. the just a moment. Yeah, that I, one. I can't remember really the good. exact title of the song, but yeah. I felt like that one has like some of the best lines that really kind of um like sum up a lot of of the story. Um like she says like let the moment go, don't forget it for a moment though and um although or and then was a uh, but if life were only moments then you'd never know you had one. Mhm. And I, I really liked those uh, those lines, although it's it's a little fucked up when she's talking about the um, when she's singing about the the part of like um, that that let the moment go, uh, don't forget it for a moment though. Um, you know when you when you're with your or and you can remember your and or whatever, and she's talking about how it helps you appreciate the or better so i'm like wait a minute wait 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 wait. so she now appreciates her husband much more now that she had a quote-unquote and <laughs> like like now that i um had sex with slash uh Mac now that Don, i've seen the grass <laughs> <laughs> turns out the grass is better over there <laughs> on my side <laughs> I, I cheated on my husband. I can really appreciate him. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wait, what? I think I had an ex say that to me once. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally a fucking line. Like, oh God, I think I said that once. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> oh. We've 
we've all said things we regret. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was going to say, you know, past Linda had her real bitch moments. <laughs> oh, no. I, I think I've said this before. My entire, like, late teens and uh, 20s is basically a long apology tour. Yeah. The kind of stuff that keeps me up at night where I'm like, did I really do that shit? <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> all of you in your 20s right now, just know that when you're in your 30s and getting close to the 40, you look back at your 20s and go, oh, man, I was a bitch or an asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or if you really are an asshole, then you're 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 going to be like, was I an asshole? No, 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 I was great. Yeah, awesome. Or you have no point of reflection whatsoever <laughs> because you have no sense of, um, you know, surroundings and other people. <laughs> But yeah, I'm. Oh, what are we? We are. Uh, oh, well, we're drifting. I was going to say that. Um, I was going to say 16 days away from my turning 40. And like, oh, yes. I'm hitting a that. lot of these moments lately. <laughs> like, I was just talking about it with my brother yesterday. Like, I just bought a. Um, an automatic uh one, one of those like trash cans where the the lid opens automatically by a touchless sensor and i got so excited because i got it set up and then i said i told my brother about it and i said well i guess this is what my 40s look like <laughs> what me at 40 looks like um, <laughs> setting up random appliances <laughs> yeah. so we came up with a, a list because uh donnie turned uh 40 uh uh last year he's um just a little over a year ahead of me but um he no no we're we're not actually twins but um <laughs> a lot of people think you're so. not irish twins either no <laughs> but he um he came up with this amazing list that I was like, shit, I think I'm already feeling it. Like he was saying when you get up in the middle of the night to pee and you, you, you wake up with a sigh, <laughs> like where we're doing this, <laughs> it's like, that's your forties. <laughs> and I was thinking like, uh, I was just adding to it myself today. Cause I, I got like, three hours of sleep last night and i i when i got up today the first thing i did was like i went shit <laughs> i was like yep <laughs> yep this is gonna be my 40s <laughs> well if it helps um un unprovoked while i was driving um my well my kid and i were driving home he just suddenly, we said, like, I'm in elementary school. And I said, yeah, honey, you're in elementary school. He's like, and then it's junior high? I'm like, yes, honey. He says, okay, so it's elementary school, junior high, high school, college, young adult, old adult, old man, dead. <laughs> I'm like, I try to have fun in between, sweetheart. <laughs> I mean, isn't that kind of how we all counted? <laughs> That's how his brain counts. <laughs> so there you go. It, it summed up your life right there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> dead. I look forward to the dead part. Donnie oh said, was it you're sighing every time you wake up and go to the bathroom? Welcome to your 40s. Getting excited for a sandwich? Welcome to your 40s. When you grumble about whether or not they changed the bag on the bread you buy and don't trust buying it, well, that's when you hit your true 40s. 
thank you for making me look forward to something in the next couple of years. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I do want to add, because I like to add this in, and it's really easy. I'm sure you could also Nicolas Cage the shit out of any of the people here. Oh my but God, yes. Let's, let's have a couple Muppet moments. We've obviously got Mill Streep. Um, first Yay. off, there was a spoof Mill Streep character on Sesame Street called Meryl Sheep. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But the best part was in 2010, she and Miss Piggy made the rounds on the red carpet together at the Good Housekeeping Shine On event. And this is a lovely picture of her on Muppet Wiki with Miss Piggy. And it's cute. I know. And um, Anna Kendrick's been on uh, Sesame Street with uh, Elmo and Abby. For those of you who don't know who Abby is, congratulations, um, you don't have children. (laughs) Did she have something with um, with the uh, uh, Fraggle Rock? Um, if it's the new one, I have not seen the new Fraggle Rock because I have yet to ref- I have yet to get Apple TV because um, oh, no, she feelings. In, um, yeah, no, I don't have Apple TV either because uh, yeah. Um, but like whenever I see something like only on Apple TV, I'm just like, Ugh. oh no, I'm I'm so close because of um, oh, what's the my brain just went blank, but uh, Ted Lasso. Yes, I keep hearing about that. And I like I that's the only thing that has me considering it. And in fact, I have it on my um, my to watch list in my uh, my bullet journal. But yeah, I really I don't know. I don't well, know. It's I, th- th- what even term what even is making me consider is somebody who also is like is really extremely anti Apple, like fell in love with Ted Lasso. He's like, oh, I have to pay for Apple, but God, the show is so goddamn good. And I'm like, Oh man, should I? There's so many goddamn streaming things out there and it's like with everyone well, not everyone, but like a lot of them, it's like well, it's only $5 a month. Okay. And then like, well, this one's only $5 a month and this one's only $5. And then like $500 later, you're like, wait, cable was cheaper. Wait, wait that show's only available through what? <laughs> I mean, a part of me is just, a part of me is thinking like maybe at some point they'll release it for like purchase on like mm. Amazon streaming or something and like just buy it and call it a day. So one could hope. We'll see what happens, you know, because, yeah, I really want to watch the new Fraggle Rock, but I'm not I'm not quite there um, yet. It might have just been for the music video for um, for the theme song, because I think it had um, before all the uh, shit hit the fan with him. Uh, they had Chris Hardwick. They had um, uh, Anna Kendrick and Ben Folds. Um, actually, I think Ben Folds was performing the song. But, yeah, I can't remember. But because it's been a while, obviously. I'll have to look it up. But then the last one that I do want to mention is um, there was this, and I think it was clearly during COVID, um, where it was on, and I watched this clip because I was like, I got to find this. Uh, James Corden is uh, doing the home recording thing, and they're introducing (gasps) this like audience rating system. Mm-hmm. And so he turns on his computer and Statler and Waldorf are there listening yeah. and judging James Corden's monologue. And <laughs> those were the best Statler and Waldorf moments. And I believe that they were sincere. <laughs> I am not a fan of James Corden. After listening to him really? butcher under pressure in um, that um, uh, Bigfoot movie that I saw with my kid, I was cringing 
so hard. Most of my external parts were trying to climb inside my Aww. internal parts. It was so awful. I guess like, I, I shouldn't see it then. Cause like, no, don't. don't it's my first exposure to him. I think was with a uh, doctor who, and he played, um, he played the father of Stormageddon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, I uh, no, I, I don't, I don't understand his appeal. Like this was the only thing I've seen of him. Um, Muppet relate. Well, I was gonna say like I think I've seen, no, there was something somebody showed me, and I just did not. I don't know. So the Muppets softened it, and even then, Kermit and Fozzie came on and listened to his monologue to be like nice, and then they just sat there and said, "Would you like to sing a song?" And I'm like, <laughs> uh huh, <laughs> or just have the Muppets sing? That'd be great. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, no, I um, I I feel like just to give you an idea, I need to send you the clip from the movie because. <laughs> well, I yeah. will tell you that um, the easiest one here, of course, would be um, that Meryl Streep was in adaptation with Nicolas Cage. Oh yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah, it's like this was a no contest with any of the things that we're doing. I mean, I'm sure that if I even started to dig, I'd find some relation to Vampire Diaries at some point. I mean, they're such big actresses or an actors, so it's like, yeah, at some point we're gonna find something in relation to that. Sometimes to help me fall asleep, I play um, Six Degrees of Nicolas Cage, but then I usually don't even need the full six degrees <laughs> most of the time. But um, I did want to say that uh, I really, really enjoyed uh, James Corden's uh, delivery on um, where he's talking about how the um, uh, Cinderella's birds, um, <laughs> they, they wanted to punish the stepsisters. So um, oh, her, his narration, not as the baker. Oh, yeah, yeah. His narration. Yeah, he's been the, narr the narrator, narrator as well. Yeah. He says, um, I just love it where he says, and blinded them. <laughs> like, oh, just a high pitched yeah. voice. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and blinded oh. them. Here's something <laughs> that they cut out that made me sad because it would have been really funny is the witch cursing his testicles. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> He just says, like, I don't like her because she keeps scaring them. It's like, no, the reason he said that line in the musical is because she keeps pointing her staff at his testicles and at her <laughs> womb and they keep grabbing them in pain. I'm like, I would have appreciated that a lot more. Well, and she doesn't even have a staff in this one, which is kind of upsetting, too. But, yeah. That would have been a really cool Pointed prompt. at them. I'm not saying she needs a staff. She needs, you know, just magic. Lightning. Um, but I, testicles. She needs testicles. <laughs> no. Lightning at testicles. There's a process. You heard it here. Jane says that Meryl Streep needs testicles. <laughs> no, she needs lightning testicles. Tony, <laughs> I'm going to need you to help edit that part. <laughs> Take out Jane's argument. Um, <laughs> Donnie, Donnie, you just remember. <laughs> I did uh, record this uh, this line because I wanted to share it, and um, it's just the one I was just talking about, but I love it. But here we go. As punishment for their cruelty, Cinderella's birds swooped down upon the stepsisters and blinded them. <laughs> yeah, he does sound overly joyful about blinded the them. and blinded them. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, great. <laughs> or blinding. 
Oh, speaking of the the blind the blind girl thing that the witch says, that seemed even muted and just like just flatly delivered when she says, "We'll give you a blind girl and everything." It's like yes. eh, it just didn't hit. <laughs> and they didn't have that that fun um, retort. Like, did she say? Oh, she the witch says uh, just. Put them out of their misery. And they said, we're not that miserable. Yes. <laughs> and they didn't even bother with that line. And that would have been, even that would have been funny. But no, no. They'd rather go with the pedo jokes. Like, ugh, gross. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. I did find another line that I'm totally going to repurpose all over the place here. She's a witch. She can do anything. <laughs> She could do anything. Of course. <laughs> well, and then that was another weird thing, like that just kind of fell flat too. Is like, um, they she's bringing back, uh, like what's essentially now a zombie cow, <laughs> like you know, like come on, and like even the the stage version has that funny part where like the cow just falls over. <laughs> Yes, it's like, (laughs) Um, but in this one, it like they show it slowly, like laying down, and I'm like, like, okay. I know you don't want to make it too dark. It's like Yoda. So. The cow's like Yoda. Like I'm t- mood tired. <laughs> <laughs> Just melt <laughs> into the blankets. <laughs> there is another utter. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I was gonna say that. <laughs> um, speaking of which, though, um, apparently the the bake cow uh, that he covers with flour. That was also uh, the same cow that played Milky White. I thought that was a little funny. But then I was thinking, like, yeah, why bother getting two cows? <laughs> like, One I, less animal handler, I guess. Yeah. I, <laughs> and it's not like, like, if I never, if I had never, like, read that, I wouldn't have fucking guessed it. So, <laughs> you know. Well, like, and I mean, honestly, it's like I wasn't really paying attention to the cows, and you know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I know it's supposed to be the fake cow, anyways, and just throw some flour on it, call it good, and <laughs> move on. <laughs> oh, but also, um, I forgot this is the um, the second time uh, that uh, Emily Blunt and Meryl Streep had worked together because they worked in um, The Devil Wears Prada, which is oh, um, okay, kind of a fun watch, it's entertaining. <clears throat> It's another one of those ones where you don't have to think too much about it. Just put it on and let it go. But Yeah, um, that's, that's not on my list. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I think it was just it happened to be on one day and I was like, yeah, okay. Um, and it's fucking Meryl Streep. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not out there watching Mamma Mia, but. Uh, oh, that one I do turn on. That one's just fun. <laughs> but then again, I'm also listening to ABBA, so. Well, I love ABBA, and I saw the I saw the staged version uh, back when yep, I had season tickets. Fuck, we might have even been at the same one. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, it, I don't know. I love ABBA, but it's just like uh, I don't know. It's not my kind of musical. I haven't seen the sequel, but I just I just love it. I think that they wove the uh, songs of ABBA into a very um, um, well directed and cohesive storyline mm. like it all all the songs make sense and it's like oh clever really good i i applaud the people who did this <laughs> the you know what i found out was speaking of stage musicals and other things you know i 
the stage musical of Priscilla Queen of the Desert cuts out all the ABBA stuff. And I've been trying to figure what? out why. Yeah, no, they don't do ABBA. Instead, um, 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 God, my brain just broke on, um, I can't remember if it's Mitzi or Fritz, but, um, Guy Pierce's character is actually obsessed with Madonna in the stage version of it. I was just like, going to say, I was going to guess was if it was Madonna. Yeah, no, I, and I don't I think I've gotten a clear the... answer. If anybody has an answer to that on why they decided not to go with ABBA, if it was like a rights thing That's and so they went say. with Madonna. I bet they couldn't but, get like the, the license to do them. Yeah, even though they got for the movie, which I, I love the movie stuff just because oh God, of, um, yes. you know, just because of Bernadette's like, no more yeah. fucking ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> So makes me laugh. <laughs> okay, listeners, like, um, I can't remember what the hell we were talking about, but out of the blue, I think like we were both singing, um, was it let's pack the drag away? <laughs> <laughs> you pack the cake and tea, I'll pack the ecstasy. <laughs> A desert holiday. Let's pack the yes. drag away. Shut up, you silly queers. I'm, I'm getting, getting out, out of here. here. <laughs> Why? God, I fucking love that movie. I love it so it's- much. Oh yeah, that's another background movie for me that since I've seen it so much, I can just play it and be like, I like this. This makes me feel happy. And I took your advice and I finally saw Kinky Boots. Oh good. What'd you think? because uh, like I, I remember I loved the movie and I've heard the music um because I I love Cindy Lauper. Mm-hmm. And um I've been wanting to see it, but I d I didn't realize that they had filmed uh the staged version. And uh as it turns out it is available through that, what is it, the Broadway Pass? Yeah, Broadway HD on Amazon. You have no yeah. idea. I'm anticipating what you're going to say about it. I'm like literally going, like, huh? Huh? But huh? I also <laughs> found out that you could get it through, um, I have a PBS Passport, and you could see it through there, through the great performances. But I fucking love it. I love it Thank so you. hard. Oh, isn't it great? Yes, it is. I love oh, the boxing oh match. Isn't it great? Yes. <laughs> that was so amazing. Oh, where It's like, God. oh, I'm sure she's got a couple of good throws. Like, no, she's a professionally trained fighter. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> what? Yes. And, oh, and um, I love her um, History of Wrong Guys song. Yes, and- <laughs> I was just going to say, I fucking love that. Like, and she's just, she delivers it brilliantly, too. Oh, she's oh, charming. I love her so much. Yes. She is amazing. I oh my god, I just love that movie so much, or that that play. Um, and I yeah, it's just oh my god, yeah. Okay, don't bother with the movie of Into the Woods. <laughs> just go watch the stage go version on Amazon or PBS, <laughs> and just watch the stage version of Kinky Boots. Yeah, and go to the land of Lola because the yes. land of Lola is amazing. <laughs> Sexism and it's heel. red. <laughs> yes, and red. <laughs> oh, I love the, it's like, Did I really spawn burgundy? burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about better musicals oh, now, or better God, versions yes. of musicals. And um, okay, so more positive things about this. Um, I love the costumes. Yes. Um. And I love that with Anna Kendrick's Cinderella, it's not the, you know, Disney blue gown with the uh, glass slippers. And, uh, you know, it's just this gorgeous, like, sort of 
it's something she can run in. Like I was yeah. admiring the fact that, you know, it's like, okay, besides the uh, slippers, obviously probably being a pain in the ass to run in, but the dress wasn't ball gown poofy. <laughs> yes. And, like the Disney version is very ball gown poofy and the Disney uh, version of uh, the live action uh, Cinderella with uh, Lily Collins oh, is very yeah. ball gown poofy. Yeah, definitely. Um, but at that same time, I think they were also kicking um, their, uh, uh, their, they went live with their fucking wedding gown collection because it's Disney and if there's more money to be had, then, you know, they're there. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, that's when they had the, the they, they kicked off the Disney princesses uh wedding dresses uh dress collection oh i do remember looking at some of those um and being meh on most of them very disappointed what they did for mulan and uh yeah yeah Yeah, there were i mean there were some of them where i was just like that is a gorgeous dress but i could not carry it off and they're all like white white and uh first of all i (laughs) i I couldn't live a lie i wasn't gonna wear white um (laughs) but also i did i didn't care (laughs) (laughs) but also like white doesn't work with my complexion it just like makes me look sickly so i i think i went with something like um what do you call it like ivory more more like yellowish tint to it but um anywho i mean i wasn't there so i mean you tell me what you need to (laughs) Well, I, this is me like expecting my brain to kick in, but, um, I loved the, uh, the stepsisters and, uh, Cinderella's stepmother, uh, their costumes and, uh, their hair and their whole look because they had, it was like every, every story kind of had their own, um, cohesive, like, uh, costume collection. And I liked that, but, um, overall, fucking amazing cast um beyond talented um and you know before i guess before i summarize it i should also say tracy ullman was disappointing because i got excited because i'm like oh yeah fucking tracy ullman all right but then yeah because it's really sad because the uh, jack's mother who's who she played and jack's mother has a lot of really good funny moments that they could have just oh, yeah. used her wit and her timing and everything it's like they just kind of again it's it's like meryl streep's witch it's like it kind of watered this down yeah you've got like a comedian uh like a, a fucking a brilliant female pioneer comedian uh and you're not going to use her for comedy you know it like it's it's not like they expected drama out of her anything or uh, either it's just like she's more like her character in the the play it's like she's kind of a loud obnoxious like mother but like you were saying it's like her son's you know failure to launch son and it's like She's just fucking exasperated. She's just like, he still doesn't even know that milk comes from female cows. And he's milking the cow in the house. In his 20s, you should know this by now. Yeah, he was supposed to sell the cow so we don't starve. And he got fucking magic beans. Like, somebody take this fucking kid. You know, like, I love him. But but in this one, it's more like, you know, you could tell that, yeah, she loves him because she's trying to save him. But at the same time, like, she's kind of abusive, dude. 
Yeah, no. Again, you're dealing with that young kid issue. And he was probably like, you know, I'm guessing, I'm assuming 12 or 13. Yeah. He played uh, Gavroche in uh, Les Miserables. Right, um, a couple yeah. years before so it's like again he's it's not that this kid's not talented it's just you lose some of those comedy elements and either you fix it with maybe new songs that Sodaheim might have written and maybe that would have made things a little bit better and more funny or you cast older <laughs> yeah and um <laughs> his name is- Secret, a good time to cast a child actress or actor playing Gavroche that makes sense yes exactly <laughs> playing young Cosette that makes sense. <laughs> and, uh, I I love his name, Daniel Huddlestone. It just like, can you get a more British name than that? <laughs> like, you know, like, this is, I don't know. I think it's adorable. But um, anywho, uh, yeah, he was thirteen, and um, Lilla Crawford was uh, about twelve. Yeah. So yeah, it's, and it's not a, again. It's not a criticism towards them. They're brilliant. It's oh, just no, it yeah. really does change the tone. It, it just changes really the tone does. of some of the comedy and the songs. Yeah. So and uh, so yeah, and 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 this like if she were if James Corden was playing Jack, um, then I could totally see you know um, uh, Tracy Ullman's mom character being like. For fuck's sake, you know. You I would appreciate the hitting more. <laughs> yeah, well, Instead I of feeling really have. bad for Jack, I would have been like, mm-hmm, but I, I mean, understand. <laughs> I can see her being like, you know, you sold the fucking cow for beans. Are you fucking shitting me? You know, like, and like slapping him upside the head. But this is a 13-year-old kid and like, and you're smacking him and like calling him dumb and stuff i'm like no i'm not buying it so much later when she's you know trying to save him and yeah when, when she dies it's like okay yeah no she's she had yeah you're right she had nothing really redeemable about her where it even made sense that she does actually love her kid it's like yeah i can understand she said the, the, frust- the failure to launch frustrated Meh. yeah and it's like you can still love your your adult you know child yeah <laughs> and still be frustrated with them yeah exactly and i mean you could still be like this fucking guy like you know like you're you're 20 something years old how do you not know a fucking male cow does it milk you know like if you're getting milk from a male cow it's not right um, but- <laughs> you're getting something don't drink it um but uh yeah so i i feel like by the end of this, you don't give a shit about any of the characters because they haven't given you a reason to. And like even James Corden's character, the baker, it's like he was about to walk out on his son, you know, like, no, like, and, you know, he has the whole thing of, well, my dad walked out on me and that's all I know. I don't know how to be a father. And it's like, no, you just explained why you would you have like a reason to not walk out on your son, you know? Well, he even gets pissy about like taking his jacket with um his wife in the very beginning yeah. because it's like, no, it belonged to my father. It's like, did you care? You actually thought he was dead in least. <laughs> yeah. So I don't yeah, there's a lot of stuff. And then they dropped the whole thing of um I mean, I, I guess it's okay because they didn't have time for it, but the, they dropped the whole idea of him thinking that his parents had been killed in a baking accident. 
<laughs> with the narrator showing you going like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, you know, what kind of what I was saying before and what we were talking about in the previous episode, if you hold this as different from the stage version, it it can be a charming and entertaining movie, a showcase of this extraordinary talent. Um, although Tracy Ullman gets pretty hardcore misused. Um, yes. But, you know, it, it's just, it's like how I feel about Constantine, except I fucking love Constantine. But in this movie, I'm just kind of like, eh, it's a strong, eh. But uh, it's just like if you hold it and if you say this is into the woods, it's like, get the fuck out of here. It's not into the woods. It's, just, it's not. Like, I mean, you could probably see like a kid's staged version that would be better, you know, <laughs> better. Yeah, like, it actually, you just made me think of something. Um, One of the elementary schools that a friend of mine went to, her younger siblings would star in some of, in the, Theater productions. This is elementary school. So they would actually cut out a lot of the stuff that oh. you know, it was sort of like it was more of like a presentation. It's like if you knew the story, like they did Grease, they cut out a bunch of little things there. Yeah. They p- kept most of the songs in there. Uh, they cut back on a movie called Honk, a movie, TV, uh, musical called Honk, which is about the ugly duckling. And they cut out oh, a lot yeah, of stuff yeah. there. You know, so, but again, it was cute. It's adorable. These are all kids who are like kindergarten to eighth grade. So mm-hmm. it's. It makes sense. And that's kind of, you made me think now, like that's kind of what it felt like they did, but they didn't also <laughs> forgot to make it cute. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. And like, I, I remember reading uh rebel without a crew um, uh, and where Robert Rodriguez was talking about like the making of uh, El Mariachi and um it's a really great read um especially if like you have any interest in filmmaking but he he was saying that at one point uh disney was interested in el mariachi and they wanted to make the dog uh, a bigger character and um they oh, i can't remember all the details but um they wanted to disnify it basically and uh which if you've ever seen el mariachi that doesn't work <laughs> it really doesn't work and um i i know like as like the a filmmaker who's you know previously hasn't sold anything to have like fucking disney come to you and say we would like to option your movie i mean jesus christ that's like you know (laughs) it's got to be really 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 difficult uh for you know to get to the point of like no i'm sorry i can't let you do this (laughs) you know and but they 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 wanted like to the point of like they wanted um to promote the movie they were going to have uh events and they would have um i think they were going to have Selma Hayek ride in on a motorcycle with a dog on the back. And like they wanted the dog to be a huge character. And it's just kind of like, yeah, that's cute, but that's not fucking El Mariachi. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like it's just no. And I think that's just Disney's way because they have a tendency of getting their own 
getting in their own way. Um, luckily, I feel like with um, like Marvel, their their Marvel Cinematic Universe, I feel like that's a great platform for them to get out of that. Um, yeah, it's yeah. I I mean, I haven't seen some of the most recent stuff, um, but. Like the most recent movie, I haven't seen Black Widow yet, and yeah, I, haven't um, I haven't watched What If yet, but that's list. on my list. Mm. But it's so, but so far, what I've seen come out, I've enjoyed for the most part. So, oh, What If is good. Yeah, no, it's like I, I know the comics of What If, so, but I've time is a problem for me right now. Yeah. Hello, Levi. What are you gonna do, buddy? <laughs> I got Levi sitting above my uh, shelf and he's like Aww. looking down, like trying to jump down. I'm like, oh, and he is not a kitten anymore. He is a large cat. <laughs> <laughs> large and a He charge. is. Oh, no, he's it, he is bigger than Mikasa. Like it's and <laughs> there's still not a year old yet. And I was like, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> stop growing. <laughs> it's like, you're OK. <laughs> But, but I had it. Yeah, so, yeah, he was like looking down, going like, "Are you gonna jump on the mic? <laughs> Are you gonna say hi?" <laughs> Sorry. No, no Cat worries. Cat distraction. Um, lately, I don't know why, but Mr. Khan has been jumping on my desk while I'm in meetings, like frequently. <laughs> You're not making me the center of attention. <laughs> he jumps up on the desk and then he wants to cuddle, and it's like, dude. <laughs> And you know, you know, Mr. Khan, like you have to have both arms to cradle him. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, again, I'm I'm the lady with the good pets, with the yes. weird pets. <laughs> yes. But um, sorry, listeners. So, <laughs> yeah, we're going to go on tangents because I, I think, as I said a little bit earlier, um, it's kind of hard to cover this because we don't need to explain uh, the story. The story is into the woods that we did last week. And mm. now we're just kind of um, ripping on <laughs> the movie like version we, of it. We covered it pretty well, though. Um yeah. You know, it's uh, amazing, brilliant acting um, and singing, but uh, and it's in parts, it's visually pretty, um, although like, dude, stop hiding the witch when she's attractive. Stop hiding the witch in shadows and like blue filter. Like, I get it. Meryl Streep's not young anymore. Like, <laughs> you know, like just stop it with that shit. Um, she's still beautiful. Um, but you know, it, it just, it's, it does not hold a candle to the, to the, the stage version. And I think, I think you did a really good job at like, um, uh, hitting the nail on the head of like exactly why it fell flat and, um, yeah, how they just kind of blunted the hell out of everything. Yep. As you said, they Disneyfied it. That's yeah. just the way it is. Or they, I mean, and I, I, I wouldn't even know if I could blame Disney for this. I mean, other companies who've done musical to stage to movie adaptations of musicals haven't always done well either. Yeah, that's just, true. They, because these are fairy tales that have also existed in the Disney world, you can kind of blame them for wanting to protect yeah. their quote unquote versions of their characters versus the original storytelling of them. So well, my little story, my little anecdote about um uh, about uh, Rodriguez was just basically to say, like, don't put it past Disney to like say, 
hey, we need this to be a little brighter, though. And <laughs> like maybe not so much killing. Um, uh, pedo bear's cool. Um, no death, though. Okay. <laughs> it's a wonderful day for pie. For pie. For pie. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been saying that a lot recently because that's one of the spelling words on that kid's spelling list. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's maybe think of the Disney version for Family Guy. It's like, oh, it's like a Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, there you have but, it, folks. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I think we covered it pretty well, and uh, I'm looking- additional stuff that you didn't need to know. But hey, yeah, fun. Hey. <laughs> Uh, so I guess this is the time where I say, please listen, subscribe, rate, and review Bedknobs and Broom Flicks on Apple Podcasts because it helps us. Um, it helps with the algorithm. Uh, if the more reviews and uh, downloads we get, uh, the higher up we get with the searches, and it makes other people uh, makes it easier for other people to find out about us. Um, and while you're at it, if you enjoy this, please tell, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbors, tell your dog, um, <laughs> spread the word. And, uh, Hey, if you want to chat, uh, we'd, we love chatting, hit us up on Twitter at, at broomflix. That's B R O O M F L I C K S. Um, we got those enjoyable licks at the end. Um, and, or you could write to us at broomflix at gmail.com. And uh, also, we have the website, bedknobsandbroomflicks.com. Uh, or if, you know, I, I, I know it's not spelled phonetically, so you could go to cageskiss.com and find the landing page there. But um, you could also check out Cage's Kiss there, uh, my old podcast. Uh, but you could also check out my other podcast, Video Rama, there, where uh, we cover specific movie themes. Uh, this month, we are going over killer dolls. Uh, the lesser known killer doll movies. And, uh, you can also now check me out, uh, as of actually the day that this should come out, you can now check me out in the second season of the podcast sitcom for a crowd where I play Mrs. Halverson. <laughs> <laughs> so Jane, where can they find you? <laughs> I'm going to be out in some um, ghillie suit outside your door, just ready to take you out if it never gets too far. <laughs> Not you, Linda, just just the listeners in particular. You'll just never know. <laughs> You'll never know. Unless you hit that subscribe and like button. <laughs> Mash that subscribe I'm, and like button. I, oh, God. Oh, uh kids into youtube trying to just get away from all that i hear that so often right uh, i'm tired listeners damn kids and their talk tech or whatever uh- <laughs> i wish they talked tech <laughs> i'd like to thank uh, doug walters and redwire blackwire for allowing us to use their song compass thanks guys and next episode, we'll be covering The Worst Witch, the 1980s version with Tim Curry. <laughs> and that is Linda not giving birth. That is Linda just excited. Don't worry. They, they may sound very similar. <laughs> I may sound exactly like a hamster giving birth, but <laughs> like, who knows? To be fair, hamsters give birth really quietly, I learned in my life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. You just wake up and suddenly there's like little tiny pink things underneath the mama hamster. And you're just like, oh, this is going to be a problem. (laughs) Don't eat your babies. (laughs) Oh, God. She did on one of them. God. Um, Obviously, she did not listen to Lemmy um, and his PSA. So, um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Yeah. If. Uh, you may already be familiar with Tim Curry's song in, in the worst, Witch. anything can happen on Halloween. Um, it's fucking beloved. It's amazing. It's brilliant. Um, uh, we'll see you there. So, uh, until then, what's that got to do with my knob? I'm not even going to say what kind of knob because it's gross and it has a bear in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And hello. Watch oh. my kid. Watch my kittens play with a bug on the floor. It's adorable. <laughs> 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 <laughs>